Enter the world of mind your own marketing business. Explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge from the industry's best. You are just proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on Mind Your Own Marketing Business. I'm Joe Barsness, co-founder of web and mobile development team Fiorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Brad Flowers about his branding and design agency Bullhorn Creative and his recent book, The Naming. Welcome to the show, Brad. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate your time. Um, we are uh, just entering the first show in COVID-19. <laughs> um, at the time. So we are doing this remotely um, as well as with some new technology. So thanks for being a part of this show. Um, and we look forward to uh, discussing you, your business, and your book. Yeah, sounds great. And, and ignoring any uh, children noise in the background. Exactly. I think everybody's used to that by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brad, tell us first uh, a little bit about uh, your personal background how you came to be uh, into the branding and design business and how you uh, started your company. Sure. So I have a degree in English literature and I always thought that I would go on and teach college and uh, teach um, university level English. And as I was applying to PhD programs, I had this realization that I didn't really like teaching all that much, which was sort of a complicated realization because I didn't really think there was anything else you could do with an English degree. And so during that time, I was uh, working at a bicycle shop and I ended up managing the shop and I became really interested in business generally, but then also more specifically the marketing side of business. And so I left that, uh, I left the bike shop in 2008 and started Bullhorn and we started off really like a lot of companies doing a little bit of everything and then over time we we focused and I think we used uh, we kind of used three things to focus one we were trying to decide what are we really good at number two what can we make money doing and three what is a benefit to our com to our um, community and so that intersection is how we made decisions and ultimately ended up where we are now, which is a brand design company. And we do things like naming, front end identity work, uh, and then some design applications from there. Got it. So did your did your company start as just yourself or did you have partners and, and where have you grown since then? Sure. Yeah, it was me and a partner. And we started off with the idea that there were, there were just a lot of freelancers who were talented and we thought we would be able to do that, but it quickly grew to where it was difficult for us to manage. And so we hired a project manager and then we needed more consistent design work. So then we hired a designer. Now there are 14 of us and um, the over the course of 10 years. Great, 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 great. Um, and, and tell us a little bit more about what your organization is really focused on, both from um, the work that you produce as well as any verticals or clients or um, experiences that think that give you unique uh, skills and abilities. Sure. Well, we often say we build confident brands with language and design. And I think that's really what makes us unique is that we think without, without good design, strong language falls flat. And without strong language, design is, is really just decoration. And so uh, we approach every job that, that we work on every, every client's, um, every branding project we work on, we approach with that idea that we want to get to what's the core of this organization, what makes them unique, and how can we articulate that? People 
I don't think come to us to get a bullhorn identity. They come to us to get kind of the best version of themselves. And so we, we organize our um, process around that so that we get the clients talking because if we can start to write in their language, we can, we can um, do a better job for them. And we've really realized that a lot of people have a hard time talking about design. And so if they can start talking about other things like, why do we do this? What do we do? How do we do this? Um, it helps our designers get their head around their perspective and they can also do better work from a design perspective. And as far as verticals, we really, we think our process works well across lots of different verticals. And so we really focus on our product offering, which is that front end design and language work. So often a brand manual would be a pretty standard deliverable for us. And that brand manual would include all the visual stuff from color, typeface, uh, logos, et cetera, to then some of the language guidelines as well, including foundational language, foundational headlines, et cetera. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, what would you say the, the coolest thing that you've ever done in your career is? Oh, the coolest thing. That's a tough question. Um, I, I think right now we've recently, let, let's see, I think right now the thing that I think is coolest often end up being our pro bono project. So we try to take on a pro bono project at a time, one at a time rather. And we're able to do some really fun work because it's, well, one, we have a lot of design freedom and, mm -hmm. um, I think we can do some interesting things, but also it's an opportunity to really work with some organizations who are really making a massive impact in people's lives. And so, for example, we recently opened uh, an office in Louisville, Kentucky. And running up to doing that, we did two pro bono projects. One was for a performing arts middle school, which was, which was really cool. And another one was for an organization called The Opposite Shop. And they do literacy work uh, among some of the poorest kids in the city. And that work was especially rewarding because it, I think it's really near, near to our hearts and our mission, our idea. Uh, we were kind of starting to focus on some of the United Nations sustainability development goals. And the ones we're really focusing on are related to uh, gender equity and also better education. And so both of those really went into play to this particular thing where they help a lot, oftentimes the, some of the poorest girls in the city write this amazing poetry, longer form um, work that really uh, is hard to overstate how empowering it is to see to see your words in print in that sort of situation. Yeah, that sounds like really impactful work and, and feel good work and, and good opportunity to really stretch your your um, abilities and experience. And so that's that's great to see you getting out there in the community and doing those things. Um, I noticed you 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 didn't mention that writing a book was the coolest thing that you've ever done in your career. <laughs> um, tell me, just uh, that doesn't mean it wasn't one of the cool things or wasn't a great experience, but uh, just uh, I want to hear before we dive in a little bit, uh, what made you write a book? Where did you see the opportunity? And and just tell us a little bit about uh, that process. Sure. So. Early on, as I was mentioning earlier, we we did lots of different sorts of work. And one of the things someone asked us to do is name their organization. And so we said, yeah, we give that a shot. Um, not really knowing exactly what we were doing or at all what we were doing. 
but we uh, were determined to do it. And so the process actually was really interesting and super exciting. And we thought it was really, uh, we were, it was something that we had kind of a natural knack for. And over time we got more of that sort of work. But the problem was as there was more work and we needed to bring people along, other coworkers, people we were hiring, we didn't really have a set process by which to create a name. So I couldn't say like, here are like the five steps and then you should have a pretty good list of names. And so I set about to see what other people were doing. And I read some of the popular literature, some of the academic literature, and I realized in the popular space, there was really, there really wasn't anything out there. Most naming books fall into two categories. They either outline the history of names, which is, which is cool, but not really helpful when you're trying to come up with a name or they're written from the perspective of someone who's really good at naming and they talk about names that they like and why they like them, which is also helpful, I think. Um, but if you kind of need just a step-by-step thing, it's, it's still not quite it. And so we saw a gap in the market for, I mean, it was something that we needed. And then also there's a gap. And I thought like, if we can't figure this out and find something that's like an easy resource, then the entrepreneur has a great idea and really just needs one name. Uh, I don't know if they even stand a chance. It's hard. Um, and so that was why we started. That was the original idea was that it just, there was a gap and it would be useful for people. Got it. Well, that's cool. That, I mean, it's, it's, it's very much a, an, we all see names and we wonder how they come about. And then of right. course, if you're going to name a company, you want to know how to do it. Um, and a lot of times you don't have, when you're naming your company, uh, you don't always have a ton of resources. And so a book could be a really good thing for a, a single entrepreneur or somebody thinking of starting a business out of their garage without a whole lot of funding, correct? Right. Yeah. And I, I think our observation is that there were two hard things about naming. And the first is creating the criteria by which you're going to judge names. And that's something that almost everyone kind of steps past and doesn't think about doing. Like, like what are some of the nuts and bolts things that the name needs to do? Mm-hmm. And if you haven't established that, it's going to be really hard to do the next steps, which the second step is, I think, also really hard is generating lots of ideas. Most of our education is oriented on helping us come to a right answer and naming isn't really that sort of effort you need to have lots of potential ideas and then weigh your criteria against those to to decide which is going to work the best you know if you're out there looking for one you're probably not ever going to find it but if you generate a lot you're going to have some pretty good candidates yeah great cool well um I want to move on a little bit now and talk uh, more about advice, some things that you know. You're the expert. Yeah. Um, and and so I want to know, can you give our listeners a, a point or two on how you do your typical work effectively in terms of naming and branding? Sure. Well, in terms of naming, the book outlines the process pretty well, but I can give kind of a quick overview because I think it's worth noting. And it kind of follows like what I was saying before. It's those two things that are hard, building the criteria and then developing a lot of ideas. So the first step in the process is building criteria. And that goes through several different uh, aspects of criteria. So one Mm -hmm. is memorability. You know, most people want the name to be memorable. And there are linguistic tricks that you can use to make a name more memorable. Uh, You also want something that's on tone with your business. You know, two different businesses could be doing the exact same thing, but one have a, have a certain set of tones and it could feel quite a bit different. Uh, for example, you know, Swatch makes watches and that sounds a lot different than 
uh, Mont Blanc, the pen company that also makes watches. You know, one is really accessible, fun. The other is this sort of like, in, like literally an inaccessible mountainous place that's hard to reach. So they're really saying two different things, even though they do kind of the same thing. Uh, every industry has unwritten rules we talk about, and you can strategically approach those by either if you want to sound established right up front, you can kind of slide in with the unwritten rules, or you can go against the unwritten rules to try to break them and stand out. Uh, then there are several other considerations uh, for criteria. And then the second part really, which is the bulk of the book, has to do with the, the second, third, and fourth step have to do with generating ideas. So the first is how to brainstorm. Most people, you think of brainstorming and you really think of like staring at a blank piece of paper. It's hard to do for most folks and so what mm -hmm. we do is we set out really prescriptive tasks for write a sentence about your business take the verb from that sentence and then develop a list of 10 words take you know another part of the sentence so we help folks really get started it's that starting point that i think is hard um and then the yeah. second then from there we we kind of get into um taking those lists and compiling names. And I think you can come up with a wide range of names. Uh, if you think about the types of names that exist, uh, a lot of folks are looking for just like a single word, or, you know, maybe you have like a type of name that you prefer. You're thinking, I want a name like Apple, and you're looking at those sorts of things. Well, that's a real word and that's a good uh, place to start, but anymore, any common real word is kind of hard to use because there's so much competition for the name. So then we look at other types of names. There are foreign language words. There are compounds like Facebook. There are phrases. Um, there are blends like Fjord, for example, which blends two words together. Um, there are made I'm going to ask names, you about that in like a second. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. <laughs> right. So if, if you lay out the different types of names and try to create names in each category, you can sometimes come up with stuff that's really interesting and surprising. Uh, and I think that's the, a big piece of advice is try to think as as um as laterally as possible there's there's a good there was a book about creativity that i reference in the um in the book and they talk about there's a pottery class and the class is split in half one half of the class is supposed to make the kind of the finest piece they can make so they're judged on the quality of one piece the other half of the class is judged on how much all of the stuff that they make weighs so it's really like one is really quality, the other is quantity. And the interesting thing is that 10 out of 10 times, the quantity side also creates the best quality. So there's something interesting about in this kind of creative act that you have to get past a lot of, a lot of bad ideas, a lot of cliches. And, and it's not till you really start to dig that you get interesting things. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we went with the blend. So we were, um, yep. uh, Barsness Solutions, which was, uh, my last name and Solutions, mm -hmm. which, uh, was just kind of what we put forth, uh, as my brother and I started this. Um, mm -hmm. and we realized that that didn't really mean anything to anybody. Um, and it wasn't creative or anything like that. So we, went and blended the word fjord and forge or building something together um and mm. we really like telling the story and we see how that helps people remember who we are and there's also curiosity around that name um mm. would you say that that's that was an uneducated uh strategy um but is that something that you've seen or heard before no i don't i've never heard that particular name before but i do think you 
you must have a good intuition for what you're trying to do because I think while there might not have been an educated strategy, you certainly had a sense of what the name needed to do. And one of which was you kind of need the name to, to stand out among your peers. So you want to be recognizable or memorable. And then also you want something that is, a, is kind of a hook. So it's the, it's an entry point for how to tell a story about yourself and what you're trying to do. And right. if someone thinks hard enough, they can probably start that getting that idea of like, bridge building and how that's a metaphor for what you're trying to do. So in that sense, I think it probably works pretty well. I'm, I'm curious if you have a hard time with misspellings or if that's uh, very like you considered. Uh, of course. Um, lots of people call it forge or spell yeah. it forge. Um, and, and I think obviously we're not offended because we made up a word, but I think that maybe if they're searching for it, it could hurt us or something mm -hmm. like that. So it's what we don't know that probably hurts us there. Um, well, and the good thing is, is the only thing that can overcome that is repetition. And so with any, sure. with any new name like that, you know, like right off the bat, people aren't, are maybe going to misspell Skype every time, but over right. time it just, you see it so many times that you can't really imagine how else you would spell it. Yep. Do you think that a, a successful company can have a bad name? And if a business has a good name, does it give them an advantage? Yeah, I, I mean, I think in, inherently I have to believe that a good name gives a business an advantage, but the best name sure. in the world isn't going to overcome a bad business, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think, I, yeah, I think there are plenty of, of great businesses out there with bad names. Like I, I personally, I don't like Microsoft very much. I think it's a, I think it, it's kind of lived past its, its origins. And now, like, if you think on the surface, it's kind of like the pieces are kind of soft and cuddly. Uh, or small and cuddly rather. And, and that doesn't really talk about the global behemoth that they are. And so, yeah. you know, but it doesn't matter that I like the name or not because they have a great business with products that people rely on. Uh, you know, they deliver stuff, deliver value yeah. to their clients. So, um, yeah, you can definitely, I think especially right off the bat as you're trying to figure stuff out, a good name can, can definitely help open the, open the door. Uh, I talk about a name, I mean, a main premise of the book is ultimately that what I like doesn't really matter. You need to find a name that works for you. And I talk mm -hmm. about there's a, a frozen food company called Evol, E-V-O-L. And I talk about coming across the, you know, walking down uh, the grocery store and like 50 doors of refrigerators and they're just like overwhelming options. Uh, and trying to think of something that I can send with my kids for lunch. And I happen upon the burrito aisle and I see, or the burrito doors and I, I see that name and the way it's rendered that the E is backwards. So it sort of makes you want to read the word backwards. And so I, I'm sitting there looking at it. And it's like, are they trying to say the name is love <laughs> or is it love backwards? So it's evil. Is, is the name of the company evil? <laughs> and then it's like, no, it must be evolve because they're trying to like evolve. So anyway, I'm like totally confused. And I think the name is like trying to do too much, but sure. the deal is, is that I bought the burritos. So like, right. does it matter if I like it or not? No, I bought the burritos. So it's like, it's a win. They caused me to stop among a sea of like thousands and thousands of choices. I stopped, I considered what they were doing and I thought, yeah, my kids will probably eat that. And so I bought some. Well, and you're still talking about it today. You're spreading the good word still about, talking about the it. burritos today, you know, that, that has <laughs> right. a lasting impact. Um, 
let's talk a little bit uh, more specifically about the book. Can you walk us through the process like quickly in terms of how you outline, like uh, the process you outline in the book? Yeah, sure. So I started to talk about it a little earlier, but it outlines yep. the criteria. The three middle steps are all about generating ideas. So it's brainstorming, compiling names, and then the third one is expanding your knowledge. And I, I just give some research tips on how to use the tools at hand, whether it's books or the internet, et cetera, to come up with words that you don't know. Because some people feel like uh, they have to know the word. But, you know, if if you're thinking of things like, you know, like your metaphor of building bridges, if, if you start there from that from that metaphor, you can look up lists of engineering terms about bridges and famous bridge makers and famous bridges. And there's like so much out there in the world and you can come up with lots of really interesting words that you would never have come across. And so uh, there's a there are several tips there on how to how to do some research and how to decide what would make an interesting name from those. And then the last step is is really the hard part, which is kind of deciding on a final name. So here at Bullhorn, if we get hired to do a naming exercise, we like to have 150 or so names to come kind of before we start whittling down. Um, and so first we'll we'll weigh it against the criteria, and right off the bat, some will lose in favor of other ones. So one is maybe maybe like for example, uh, spelling and pronunciation might be really important to you, and so some that are more difficult to spell than others will get taken out in favor of the ones that are easier. Um, and then also once you kind of whittle it down to 30 or 20 or 30, inevitably people will want to ask other people because you've gone through this process and you feel like uh, kind of, uh, you start to get too close to it. And so you want to ask other people's perspective, but it's really a kind of a critical point because when you ask other people, that's really when the wheels can totally fall off because other people who people who don't normally think about names when you say something it just sounds weird and uncomfortable and they they don't have context and so they automatically don't like it and so we i, I think it's it's good to ask people their opinions but you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to have a little strategy on how to do it so we give us some tips on how how the best way to do that and one of which is don't for first don't ask people if they like the name or not you know give them 20 or 30 show them over a couple of different photographs and a couple of different typefaces because we're really as humans are really influenced by aesthetics and so i'll usually go through and show each each word on two different images with two different typefaces and um so we'll go through and basically just say one to ten is it a, one is it a terrible name ten is it a good name and then like a quick initial reaction and that's sometimes helpful because different people have just have different cultural experience or different vocabularies and so they may have a totally different reaction to a name than you would have uh, just because maybe they'd never heard of it or just because of their experience they had maybe a negative connotation that you should know about uh, and so that'll usually help you cut it to 10 or so. And then you can think a little bit about your competition. And so looking at looking online, you go to the Secretary of State's website, U.S. Patent and Attorney's web, pass, patent mm -hmm. trademark, sorry, office website, USPTO.gov. And um, and that gives you a good sense of how much how much competition for that particular name there will be. Um, and we'd also encourage folks to search not just in your space so if you were wondering if if like for example if fjord was another um 
someone in your field, you would look specifically for search terms that people might search for. Um, sure. But it's also good to know generally, are, are there other companies out there? Uh, and I give the, another example in the book of one of the early, early times we got hired. I came up with a name for this nonprofit organization that was, uh, they were going to be a nonprofit incubator, actually. And I had this really great idea. I loved it. It met all the criteria. It was smart. It worked. Easy to say, easy to spell, memorable. Um, and then the final step when I guess like was searching generally, it ended up, ended up being a really prominent pornographic website. And it was just like crushed the whole thing right at the last step. So it's, it's pretty important to get all the way to the end to know yes. like what other people are going to see and associate it with, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with them still. Yeah. Well, well, Brad, um, thank you so much for uh, talking to us about you, um, Bullhorn, as well as the naming book. Can you uh, tell our guests where they can find out more about you and the book? Yeah, sure. You can uh, find us at bullhorncreative.com or you can look, read more about the book at thenamingbook.com. Awesome. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of our program by going to theorchdigital.com, mind your own slash mind your own marketing business, or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. 